Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, as we start the final drive at the 2021 Emerald Downs meeting. We're talking thoroughbred racing. Joe Withy along with Vince Brune and coming off an exciting week of, at Emerald Downs. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday for live thoroughbred racing. But the Muckleshoot Gold Cup concluded on Sunday with an exciting race, Vince. And why don't we just pitch to that finale Right now, Tom Harris and Gail Skunkcap Jr. call the action. As we get ready to watch the 2021 Muckleshoot Gold Cup here, who's going to be our champion? Our fifth annual here, who's going to be champion number six of the Muckleshoot Gold Cup? And there they go. Chaz Racine takes the early lead, followed by Amscapi Pigani. There we go. Anyone of three in the Gold Cup, SM Express leads the charge. Amscuppy Pecani is challenging at the inside, now comes to the outside. It's a slugfest to the finish. SM Express, Amscuppy Pecani in the final jumps has won it. A lot of wide open finishes in Indian relay racing, but Vince, the Gold Cup on Sunday provided a lot of excitement and drama. It did, and it was difficult to even handicap because on on. The prelims, we had six different winners on Friday and Saturday. I had a little side bet going that Carson Carlson Relay would get the money on Sunday, but they came up a little short there, as you heard. I lost a little $2 side bet. Is that legal to say? On, I think uh, so. Indian Relay Racing to uh, Kelly Dugan as we were watching the final out there. But um, Sp- um, Scoppy Pacuni of Montana won the 2021 Muckleshoot Gold Cup. Five runnings of the event and now five different winners and uh boy it was anybody's race coming down in the final exchange there at the half mile pole and one of the groups was uh disqualified so uh from second because of a loose horse on an exchange and there was a lot of uh excitement during those races um those people come well represented they all had india Fans uh, cheering on the particular tribe and teams, and uh, it was quite a weekend. It was. uh, As you mentioned, on Friday and Saturday, six qualifying races, six different winners. Each team got a chance to race on Friday night and Saturday night at Emerald Downs. So those six winners all made the final Muckleshoot Gold Cup on Sunday, and uh, the entertainment in between with Nicole Sayama and the Nez Perce Riders, the uh, uh, Ryan Yellow John, the outstanding hoop dancer. That is some real unique entertainment, and he uh, he does a super job. The Black Lodge singers, uh, really good stuff, Vince. You know who uh, one of the biggest fans is? Is our presiding steward Ken Dahl. Mm. Him and his wife were out, and they they were even out Friday night for the non-racing night at Emerald Downs, and they just had a blast. Well, you know they appreciate 
can a former rider appreciates yeah. the horsemanship and oh. skill involved. Yeah, the horsemanship is just outstanding from those riders. The team's uh, uh, just dynamic exchanges and uh, horsemanship. Boy, sometimes they just uh, barely touch the ground when they get off one horse and onto the next, and they, they do have to get both feet on the ground. They can't uh, go from horse to horse, which I'm sure they could do. And you mentioned one other thing before we started. Jenna Skunkap, Jack Hodge, I think particularly really put on an efficient show out there very well organized it went off without a hitch again this year it was tremendous yeah uh jack from emerald downs of course our vice president since the track began well before emerald downs opened uh jack uh, really does a super job in working with all the tribes and getting things organized and jenna skunk cap is uh, gail's daughter is just uh, one heck of a producer and just does tremendous work uh leading up and during the Muckleshoot Gold Cup. Great running, great addition this year at Emerald Downs. Hope you got to see some of that. If you didn't, you can go to YouTube, the Emerald Downs YouTube page, and pick up more. And you know what? We're only nine months away from the next one because we had it three months later than usual this year. So I guess in June of 2022 is tentatively will be the sixth annual Muckleshoot Gold Cup. And uh, one added note there, the final leg, that last half mile of the Muckleshoot Gold Cup, um, Scopy Pacuni, uh, the winning horse there, the gray, was Carson's Fireball, who I actually was part owner of with uh, the How We Roll guys, David Israel. I remember the horse, yeah. Yeah, he, he won his first and only start as a two-year-old here. I think it was 2013, and then uh, he was kind of a front runner, but he just couldn't clear the next year as a three-year-old. So uh, David found a home for him, and he's won. Uh, he just won in Wyoming this year. He's won eight races or so. So, and he also won the Muckleshoot Gold Cup. He uh, Junior Coffee was laid to rest on Tuesday uh, this week locally, of course, and uh, so there was a service for him at Bonnie Watson, uh, well attended, and uh, Kent Hance, who he grew up with in Dimmit, Texas, part of a graduating class of 61 people was here, and Kent Hance is a U.S. congressman and a chancellor of Texas Tech University, and boy, he can tell a story. Kent Hance and Ron Crockett uh, eulogized Junior, and just a nice service, uh, Junior's family, of course. Uh, Kathy, who has been Emerald Downs employee since 1996, since we opened. Uh, but uh, some really great stories about Junior and his approachability and, well, everything good about him, which was so much. So, Yeah, a couple of notes on that. Uh, the uh, University of Washington Endowment, started by Ron Crockett, has raised $107,000. Very good. Yeah, that's... And also, if anyone wants to get involved, the racetrack chaplaincy here at Emerald Downs in the name of Junior is great, too. Okay. Good. As you mentioned, Joe, Junior was very great with the grooms over the oh. years, and he had a lot of respect and appreciation for what they did. Yeah, he spoke fluent Spanish, which made it just so much tighter and uh, more of a of a family in recent years. So... Vince, uh, let's turn to weekly honors from this past week at Emerald Downs, Saturday and Sunday, our first uh, two-day week in quite a while. Okay, yeah, our Jockey of the Week, uh, even though it was only two days, Juan Gutierrez won five races, and that really tightened up the jockey's race. We go the last four days of the meet, Alex Cruz, Julian Couton, both with 68, Juan Gutierrez with 65, that so is... that is going to the wire there, and Great riding by Juan, so five wins in two days. Trainer mm. of the week, Joe Toy, on Saturday, he had the first training triple of the meet. That's kind of wow. hard to believe. It is. And uh, so that was huge for Joe as he ha he goes in the final four days with a 27-23 lead over Frank Lucarelli and then George Rosales in third with 20. Our Wabred of the week, Cobra Jet, and why not? He had a very nice win in the Washington Cup, Juvenile, Colt, and Gelding. Really sharp win, as a matter of fact. Uh, I think he went 117.28, almost two seconds faster than the Phillies, in a beautiful style to go by a view from above and draw for the victory. So congratulations to uh, the Griffins out at Griffin Place for breeding Cobra Jet. Owner of the week, Officer of War, had a nice win. He's owned by uh, Teresa 
Abila Santos Rosales and Generoso Tandiama III, who at five years old is one of the youngest <laughs> owners at Emerald Downs. Great. Okay, there's weekly honors. Two-day week this coming week. We're back to 6.30 p.m. start on Saturday night, Saturday the 18th, and Sunday the 19th, 2.30 start at Emerald Downs. So just four days of racing remaining for the 2021 meeting, which started back in May. And uh, Claimer, the meeting, uh, hotly contested. We had several more horses win their third race, and they could be in on closing weekend, uh, shooting for a fourth. So that category. And eligibility for Claimer, the meeting, Vince, uh, just basically you have to one run in at least one claiming race to be eligible. That's right. You had to have been eligible to be claimed at least once here at the meet. Okay. Let and me get my sheet here and yeah, listen be, to all these horses we sure. have in contention here. These these horses have four wins, Mean Sharon, uh, Judicial, and uh, Bella's Back. And then we got a, a whole slew of claimers with three. In the Wind, Attaboy Billy, Crest Drive, Float On, Blowing Bayou, Master Recovery, Rita Lorraine, Mike Man's Gold, Awesome Jet, Cody's Choice, Freeberg, Aiden's Dream, Chris the Beaver, I know your face. Boy, if he gets another one, he's been a tenacious, <laughs> tenacious on the front end here. There's last three starts. So, yeah, hot and heavy for Claimer the Meat. Oh, much, much contention there. And, uh, yeah, eligibility just running one claiming race. Um, news and notes will be up uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Okay, very good. Always looking forward to that. News and notes on Thursday at emeralddowns.com. So uh, previewing this week, again, racing Saturday and Sunday and some good racing on Saturday. Um, so uh, Sharon Ross, I didn't even say that. She's going to be our guest today on Horse Racing Northwest, and that's going to be coming up in the very next segment. Um, and let's take to break Cobra Jet's victory on Sunday in the Washington Cup Juvenile Colts and Geldings race. Cobra Jet has made his move though at the top of the lane. And there goes Cobra Jet and Juan Gutierrez with a bold rush to the front in the final furlong. Cobra Jet kicks on the thrusters and is clear by seven. Into second is Diamond Willow, but it's Cobra Jet to win the Washington Cup Juvenile Colts and Geldings. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. A few 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit it, naturally on the support line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues, and in the studio, Sharon Ross joins myself and Vince Brune, and just a great pleasure to have you here, Sharon. Um, and we'll just say right off the bat, uh, you've just got a couple weeks remaining as a thoroughbred horse trainer. Is it uh, starting to hit you? There's a lot of work to do right now, so <laughs> I'm not really thinking about it. I just want to do it properly, get it done right, and make sure the barn's all cleaned up and figure out where we're going to put everything because <laughs> usually we store half of it here. Okay. Yeah. Oh. I mean, for 25 years, we've been yeah. in the same barn. So got to find room at the farm for a lot of stuff now. Well, Vince, Larry, and Sharon, Larry, of course, Sharon's husband uh, in the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame. And we'll touch on that, of course. But, uh, um, you know, you'd probably, Sharon's been here since day one. Larry spent a lot of years in California, not to, uh, not to diminish Larry, who's a good friend of all of us, but uh, they have really done some great work, and I think they complement each other so well. Um, Sharon, just with her hands-on approach, and I think they all know her voice pretty well because she talks to them a lot. 
Vince. Yeah, and well, it, it, you kind of have to do Larry and Sharon as a package deal because one or the other has always kind of been the trainer of record every year. So if you add up the numbers, they got almost 600 wins here, 596, good hmm. for fifth place, 47 stakes wins, number five all time. They had great numbers, of course, at Long Acres before that. The last, in fact, the last four seasons, Larry finished second in the standings. Um, but just a few of the horses we of note and there we could go on on this list for quite a while chum salmon and striker phd both mile winners striker phd a multiple mile winner uh military hawk number two all time in state earnings emma bovary a great uh, south american sprinter who came up here starboard road moonlight meeting bell hill cadet stevens uh the list goes on and on uh just a tremendous legacy and to think they only began here in 1984 joe yeah uh in fact let's go back Sharon, to uh, you being around horses for the first time. How did that come about? Uh, when I met Larry, he told me he was a horse trainer. And I'm like, what's a horse trainer? <laughs> you know, and he was out with his blacksmith. And I'm like, what's a blacksmith? <laughs> so, but you did love animals, I'm oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I even wanted to go to vet school. But hmm. I didn't really like biology and dissection and stuff very much. So it wasn't going to work for me. But no, I mean, Larry had been... He started when he was 16, basically, with uh, Emil Elaine, who was a very, very famous trainer in Canada and did it the right way. Um, he was French, and he came from the military, and he taught Larry really good right from the beginning. And so, I mean, being together all the time, I learned everything I know from Larry. Yeah. And he's a he's a good horseman. Yeah, you better believe it. Mm -hmm. uh, just uh, the patience. And, and then... Um, so you started uh, working with Larry, and uh, how did you guys get out to the West Coast, being from Maryland area and back east? Well, you know, um, I was in my uh, senior year at uh, Western Maryland College, uh, and I graduated in, in May, and we got married in June. Um, and we took a, a cross-country. We went up. We wanted to go. We went up to New England and then uh, up to see his brother in New Brunswick. And then we camped. We were camping all the way across Canada. And we got to, by August, I think it was, something like that, we got to um, British Columbia and wanted to come down into the States. But because Larry's Canadian and we had just, we had just gotten married, um, they wouldn't let us across the border. Huh. So... I had to cry and I had to say, well, all my wedding presents are down there and I think we're going to live down here. And so we ended up having to camp around British Columbia for the weekend until the um, uh, immigration officer or whatever was open. And then they gave us a parole visa to come down. And basically we drove across the border and, and Washington was gorgeous. We just said, wow. And hmm. we drove into the, drove, we had friends that that told us about Long Acres and said, hey, you know, if you're going to go all the way out to the West Coast, go and see some of the tracks out there and see, you know, you guys might want to settle out there. And he had been racing at Penn National uh, when I met him, and it was close to where I was going to school. And a couple of the Gibsons were at Penn National that year in 1978 and 79 huh. and told Larry about Long Acres. And so... Um, we actually drove into the parking lot at Long Acres the day after closing day. And I'll still, I still brings tears to my eyes because it never happened because Larry goes, this would be fun, a fun place to be leading trainer one day. <laughs> we were sucking a bunch. We never were yeah. leading, but oh. you know, we, we just said, okay, this is it. This is, you know, we like it around here. So let's see what we can find, what we can do. Wow. So, hey, um, well, so did Larry that year you t took your trip and did all your camping. Was he an assistant trainer that year or was did, uh, how did well, it take so much time off? You guys never get time off, you I horse know, trainers. I know, but we, he, he, he only had one horse and he had been working with mm. a friend of his, another trainer. So we sold the horse that he had and basically packed all the tack and everything and left it at my parents' place and just... Yeah. We, we made 500 bucks from his brother stacking firewood. So it's amazing back then how, how far you can make it on a little bit of money when you're camping. And, you know, and then you can drive into any racetrack and probably get a hot walking job for, you know, a couple of days, whatever. So, you know, we, we, we had saved some money and we sold the horse. And so we had money to, to do our trip. 
So, that's great. That yeah, uh, that's fun. a heck of a story. And then, uh, how do you get clients when you're you know from a different part of the country, brand new at a track? Well, we first the first winter we were here, we worked for Barbara Nelson at Gunshy Manor. And we beautiful spent, farm. Oh, out in it was Redmond. gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, and they had a little log cabin with a wood stove, and it, and Barbara and and her husband got Larry his basically his started on his green card process through Mr. Nelson's uh, office and stuff. So we'll always be appreciative to them for for all the help they got us, and um, so we worked for them that that winter, and uh, you know, fold out mares, and you know, just did farm stuff and everything, and then in the the spring, we came to uh, Long Acres and um, worked for Martin Kenny, uh, both of us grooming uh, for Martin Kenny, and met a few people uh, in Marty's barn, Jerry and Gail Schneider. Hmm. And they asked us, to, they had this one crazy horse who kept like getting out underneath the webbing and, and just doing weird stuff. And his name was Suzanne's Baby. And so he actually basically was the first horse that we had. Uh, Jerry and Gail asked us to take him, and then um, the Strong Spirits was the set. Strong Spirits and our Dana was this, the next couple of horses. And Desert Dog had a horse named Desert Dog yeah. uh, from the Simpsons. Dave and Pauline Simpson. How did you hook up with George and Norma said Lock? Because I'm because, sure that's where we, I remember yeah, the first real success with you guys. Oh, they George and Norma were, were oh, the best. Boy. They were like my parents. Hmm. to me they were very close to us and um jim holly and um jan some... jan uh smith yeah jan yeah worked in our office yeah she for worked a while. in the office jim was and, a bloodstock agent yeah and they into they actually uh when i after we worked for martin kenny that summer the next summer larry um uh, had a couple horses got his trainer's license and had a couple horses and i i groomed for uh craig roberts and we met and I took care of a horse named Langlo Louie and Jim Hawley was in on that horse. And as you know, he decided he was going to kind of do bloodstock and this and that. And so he said, you know, met Larry and they talked and ended up, you know, he, he just said, Hey, I've got these, these, this older couple who's retiring, selling their business, looking for something to do. And he, we met at Denida. We had a little picnic at Denida huh. and met George and Norma for the first time with Jan Smith and Jim Holly. And it's, wow. it, yeah, it was, you know, Markadal was the first horse they bought. And, you know, they just, they, they were wonderful. They, yeah. they really were. They really, I mean, George, he, he, he ended up um, dying of brain cancer, mm -hmm. and uh, Norma had Alzheimer's. Um, but I, I, I'll still—I mean, we were there with both of them till the, almost the very end, and they were—they were like—they were like our parents. Mm -hmm. And when George died, all of the trophies came back to us. Oh. Yeah, we won 40 stakes for those guys. Yeah, yeah. oh my gosh. Military Hawk wasn't Colonel, Colonel Stevens. Stevens was yeah. Colonel was our first First winner. one for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, you guys, we, it was a great relationship both ways. Cadet yeah. Stevens. Yeah, and, Caddy. Yeah. They right. bred Caddy. So, no, it was it was, it was was great. We bought, uh, actually, Colonel Stevens from um, Jack Hodge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he raised him, and, and Colonel was our, our very first stakes winner ever. Wow. And then he went on to stand and be the, the sire of some really nice ones and Fleet Pacific and some really nice horses. Yeah, yeah. Colonel Colonel was great. He he was cool. Yeah, the yeah. Sedlocks uh, just a huge part of Washington history. Once they got involved, and you know, I know basically George was a consultant with Ron and, and oh, getting yeah. you know the yeah. purse purses going here and the structure and, and a lot of advisement and. He just was, uh, and and they just enjoyed it so much. And you guys had so much success. And he came loaded up the first year at Emerald Downs in '96. I know he um, he came in with a couple horses that uh, that did well that first year. He claimed them in California, and they owned. Uh, didn't they own Crowning Meeting as well? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They had Crowner and, and Moonlight Meeting. And Moonlight was Meeting. Second in the mile. Yeah. Crowning Meeting has the highest buyer figure in Emerald Downs history, 117. Uh, I think close. I'm going to share that later oh. on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they then he sold uh, Moonlight Meeting to Rick Beal, who we also met sort of through um, Georgia Norma because Rick is was is a lawyer and knew Georgia Norma's son, who was a lawyer and a, an accountant, kind of the whole deal, and got involved with um, Rick. Um, because of some lawsuit thing they were doing. And then Rick decided, hey, I like horses too. And, you know, so they, they you know, between Rick and, and George and Norma, they, they both put a lot into the business, um, buying horses, trying to claim really good horses. And, uh, and Jerry and Gail, they didn't always, they had a lot of homebreds. So we had, you know, we had Leading Hour and he had a lot of nice babies, but they kind of, at, at the level that, they were at then we were doing homebreds, but they had some really nice horses. So those three were our three yeah. really main owners for a long time. Right. And, and then later on, Sam Rafi, we had uh, horses for Rafi for a while and stuff. So, so we were, we've been very lucky in the, the business that the people that we've met had supported us really well. And, um, we've been lucky that a lot of them had the, the means to, to have some really nice horses. Yeah, true. Yeah. And, uh, and- well, we went to their farm in the uh, after the first meeting was over at Emerald Downs, and living out there and just wonderful retirement was Chum Salmon, Mark right. Atoll, Brandon's Brandy, Military Hawk. Actually, joined them a year later or so because he raced in '96 and '97, yeah. and Aaron's Lord was there, yeah. and you just All had great horses. They were together for so long, weren't oh, they? A lot they were, of years. They were together for a long time. Well, now you guys have had so many great horses. Do you think you and Larry would answer the question, "Who's the best horse you guys have ever had?" The same? No, no, because no, Larry's Larry's is Emma Bovary. Uh-huh. I mean, he he just because she took him to tracks. Yeah. And won races at Keeneland and Calder. Yeah. And she she she's his all time. Northern best Cal, horse. Southern Cal. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. won ten out of twelve in North America. Yeah, I remember that Keeneland. Yeah. She was explosive. Yeah, yeah. Emma was she was she was she was a good one. How about Definitely. your answer on that question? Well, I still think Stryker was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, not a lot of people would argue with that. <laughs> Better than Chum Salmon, huh? Yeah. Well, Stryker was more. Um, well, he his career lasted a little bit longer than Chum's did. Yeah. We had to retire him after he won the mile because we he chipped his ankle and we didn't want him to. Back then, arthroscopic surgery wasn't as good as it is now. So, I mean, we yeah. could have taken it out, and he probably would have been great the next year, but it wasn't quite that advanced back then. So he just, he came home to the farm and he's a, he's a good buddy. Yeah. So, but no, strikers, I can, there were times when you could, at the five eights pole, you knew he was going to win. Yeah. And no matter how far back he was, you know, cause he just was, I've never seen a move like he had. Right. Yeah. Long, he would do it so fast. Yeah. I still feed him at five o'clock every morning. So that's right. <laughs> he's he's at, out there he's enjoying the, the good life. He loves the rolling the that mud, doesn't he? Oh Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, he was he's he's my pick. Well, two consecutive Long Acres miles in big fields is not easy to do, and he did it, and he won eight consecutive stakes races here. Which I I just remember on the striker theme, um, he ended uh, 2013 really well, and then um, but he came back in 14, and you didn't start him until the one mile. Uh, Budweiser, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's and it usually was in the was mud. His first start. Here's a closer in the mud off yeah. a layoff. How good of a bet is that? Not <laughs> yeah. a good bet. Well, and yeah. he just destroyed that field. And he, After that, I said, okay, I'm not picking against this one. In fact, he did pay 1040 that day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. <laughs> so that just showed that he, this is some kind of horse. And, and you guys yeah. have been so good. There was a crafty native filly in, in our first season, 96 that she came off a two-year layoff and you ran her a route and she won, which, you know, of course, is really hard to do. Sure. And I, I think she had Crafty in her name. I should I should have looked that up. But anyway, uh, off layoffs, you guys have just been really adept at uh, getting horses even to run two turns off layoffs. I mean, it just is a, an expertise that you've built up over the years. And, and maybe Larry taught it to you, but you, you sure know how to do it too. You know, it's really not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> Because if you're if you're bred and built okay. to do that, you know you just have to have them fit enough. Yeah, Doris Harwood you know? says the same thing. Yeah, you know? it is. They're just, you're, they're, 
they they're just made mm-hmm. to do it. So it's actually even easier on them than you know. We did try striker sprinting. The one one year we had because I don't I don't remember. And he, you know he didn't he didn't sprint bad. It wasn't wasn't too bad. But the the usual you know. It, it was easier for him to get ready to go a mile first time because that was more his style. That's what he wanted to do than it was to get him ready to to run a good race sprinting. So it, it just depends on the horse, you know. It, yeah. it depends on the horse, but it's it's you know you just have to have them fit, and if they got the blood to do it, that's what they're meant to do. And you know, fitness is a progression. So many times as, as a handicapper, you'll look and see the, the work progression gets a little bit longer. Um, but is there a, there's a key point in there. It can't be the same for every horse. Yeah. You know, basically it is. Is it? Okay. I mean, it, it basically is, it's not like to get a horse to go a mile first time out, you got to work them a mile three times. I mean, basically you, you get them ready about the same as you would any horse going three quarters. Um, you just, you know, I mean, you, you got to have the days in them and it does, okay. it does get a little bit tougher here because they only give us what 70 days or something before the meet opens. Mm-hmm. So you end up, you know, having to spend a little more time getting them ready, but it's, it's pretty much, you know, your three eights, your halves, your five eights and a three quarters out of the gate. And I don't think I've ever worked one any farther than three quarters and gal out seven furlongs, maybe. You, you know, know I mean, the gallop out good and you, you know, you not like a good, strong work in them, but if they're bred to do it, that's what they do. You know what, Joe? And, and I believe Sharon, when she says it's easy, but good horsemen yeah. make things look a little easier than they really are. That's because right. if we handicap, we know that's not that easy to win off a long layoff like that. Most horses don't, you know, and it's. Yeah. And there's, there's, and it's also the, the quality of the horse that you're uh-huh. dealing with i mean you could you can get striker ready to go a mile first time out and a 2500 hundred dollar horse to go a mile first time out and you do about the same with them but the classy one probably can get it done easier than the one who's not gonna end up being real classy in their life just kind of be a hard knocker but that's what separates them it's the it's the class mm-hmm. and you know looking at this list uh you claimed a Several horses, uh, Marketal, Brandon's Brandy, Aaron's Lord, those were all claims. No, oh, I think no? Marketal he bought. Oh. Um, Brandy, uh, he was claimed and they gave him to us. Okay. Um, you know, they, and we turned him out and, you know, he, he come back and he was he was strictly a sprinter. But he, he, he they claimed him in Arizona. Jerry and Gale claimed him in Arizona. Yeah, he was an Arizona yeah, bred. Yeah, he was an Arizona bred. Yeah, he was a needle horse. Yeah, he's... Still well, at the farm and, too. <laughs> but you know, let's just say you didn't start those horses' careers, and you certainly moved them up. And uh, you got to say, you know, Striker PhD Margot Lloyd had him, and he had a great four-year-old season. He was second right, in all the stakes, in including the, the mile. Second then he won the, the Washington Cup. Yeah. But you know, um, uh, that horse's career uh, took off as well. So. Um, yeah, it's a tribute to the horsemanship. And, you know, if you've been around Sharon, which Vince, you have so many times at the barn, I have too, but you took the racing club back there a lot. And she just, uh, has those reassuring words for the horses and, yep. uh, just a love of animals. And you see her unsaddling down there at the winter's circle and, uh, just talking to them. Or reass- even when they don't win. Yeah. <laughs> reassuring them before the race and after. Let me, let me tell you something. Sharon runs an extremely professional barn. And it's not that there's not, laughing's not allowed there, but it's business first. And uh, it's always been, uh, we got a job to do and we got to get the horses out. And uh, she has a right way for people in the racing club. She likes visitors, but there's a right way and a wrong way to visit the barn. (laughs) She lets them know if they're doing it the wrong way. Yeah, uh, you don't want to get anybody hurt. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And there's, you know, a lot lot of action going on most of the time there. So... So what are the what are the winters like for you? I mean, you have so many animals at your farm. I've been there a number of times. You've got a dog and a cat, <laughs> number of cats. You've got birds. You've got you know horses and uh, um, I don't know what else. But uh, that, that's I'm trying keep to you... trying to cut it back. So. <laughs> We've had lots of lots of little animals there over the years. I mean, why have a farm if you don't have animals? You know, so you know. But the the winters are. I mean, basically, Larry and I do half the work along with uh, our, one of our main guys that, that works for us year-round. 
Um, so What's the three name? of us, Gerardo, okay. uh, has worked for us for, oh, I don't know, maybe five or six years now, maybe a little bit longer than that. So he basically, you know, takes care of the uh, farm when I'm at the, the racetrack and um, he does everything, you know, mowing and fencing and all that kind of stuff. And, and so in the wintertime, when we have lots of horses in the barn, it's the, you know, it's still seven days a week. So yeah. it's, you know, they all have to be fed. So I usually get up and go feed everybody first so that by the time everybody else gets there, we can start turning them out and stuff. So, but you know, you're at home and it's more relaxed and it gets dark early. So you start feeding early and then you have nice long evenings when, by the wood stove. <laughs> when is the last time you had a day off? Now you told me this a couple of times and it's, it's hard to believe. Since Zenyatta got beat by blame oh in the Breeders' God. Cup. <laughs> Which would be 11 years ago. 2010. Pretty yeah. much. That's the last time I can remember not getting up and having to feed anything but me. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> wow. Actually. So even though you're retiring, it's, it's still Oh, we're gonna... still, the, yeah, the farm will yeah. still have borders and retirees and, you know, hopefully lots of visitors and stuff, you know. Even, even our, I have to mention our good friend John Best from... The racing club has come every Saturday for almost two years now to the farm Terrific. just to feed Starman and huh. the mares and whoever else is out there. He comes every Saturday and he's he loves it. He's found his niche. He's found what makes him Outstanding. happy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Is there any chance come January you start to, you know, you've been doing this training for so long that you might get the itch? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to be 65 here in October and it's been, this is our 40th year pretty much. And so it's, it's, um, my body can't take it anymore and uh -huh. I like to be hands on, but I can't get, you know, I can't put bandages on anymore. My knees are so sore and stuff and they jerk me around a little bit. It's like right now I'm, as when I get home, Strikers outside still, Zabby's outside, Candorosa's outside, waiting for me to get home and bring him in because <laughs> they jerk Larry around and his shoulders are getting oh, really bad. Yeah. So they're, you know, but they're they're getting they're getting a little tough for me to handle and you know, I don't I'm not gonna die in the shed row. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's you know, I'll be thinking about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch us on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you had a health issue there over ten years ago or so. Yeah. How's your health? Uh I'm I'm doing good. I Great. mean I've had I've it's actually ever since I got my knee replacement, I I am better, except I don't have the range of motion that I used to in it. They couldn't get that back. Uh but you know, there was a, you know, both knees are from horse incidents and, um, they, without your knees, you can't do anything. I mean, your knees are really essential because you can't brace yourself like you could if a horse is pulling against you or pulling you, you know, you don't have that strength mm -hmm. in just your arm. You got to use your body to, to brace yourself a little bit. So you got a broken leg. Chum Salmon broke your leg. Uh, well, back Chum, right. Chum is the reason that oh. this one needed a knee replacement. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. And Doing we were just, we were actually trail riding that day that he did that. So, um, and he wouldn't cross a little bridge. He wouldn't go over a bridge. And so he did his famous rear up thing and uh -huh. I kind of slipped off the side and, and he come down and he was trying not to land on me. So when he, he jumped me and his back hoof, I mean, he took my kneecap and turned it over this way. And I'm like, uh-oh. And yeah, I'm like, I'm going uh -huh. like this. And I'm going, uh-oh. And I said, somebody catch Chum. <laughs> <laughs> so Gail went galloping up trying to catch Chum. And I said, Gail, that's not going to work. I said, he's faster than your horse. <laughs> okay. So anyway, we finally caught him. Yeah. <laughs> and Larry's doing good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all getting old. But yeah, he's he's doing fine. He he's he's retired a couple of times, you know, because he retired after Emma uh and took a couple of years off and then came back and you know, Stryker was a highlight after that and so when Stryker retired, Larry retired again, but you know, I mean, he's that's a, what do you think we talk about all the time? It's what do you think about this? Should I enter in this one? Yeah, or, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, he's right there for me, you know. Telling me what he thinks is it's stupid. Been a, or what, it's been a what great team, good. right, Joe? Those two together, yeah, just magic. Yeah, I mean, those last four years at Long Acres, they were second every year. Yeah, and Ben if, Harris. If had, not for George Layman yes, going and buying, going and buying train all those loads horses. full of literally train train cars of uh, 
Well, Larry, uh, nothing against George and Ben Harris, but you guys no. had a far more interesting barn. I thought, <laughs> well, you know what? That one year we won 60 races and we still were only second. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but we have so many racing days back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You I guys... think that was our biggest total was 60 wins in a season, I think. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. You guys used Gary Boulanger quite a oh, bit. Yeah. And so oh, did yeah. so did of course Ben Harris. And, yeah. I mean, why not? You know, those yeah. are the two livest barns. Right. So Then yeah. Gary had a great three year run there. He but... used to love he used to get off of Aaron's Lord after he went on and he goes, We get along like peaches and cream. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron would really dig in in those stretch runs. I oh, I remember one time someone to his knees coming out of the gate and he still won. He he was he was a really nice horse. Well, you just we just know Sharon uh, just really the hands-on care is just fantastic. Um, and all the racing club people have got a chance to see that the last few years. But uh, there's got to be a horse or two that just, you know, didn't respond to TLC and, and the, the great treatment at the <laughs> barn just because the horse had a, a certain way, of, a mind of its own. Uh, is there a horse that didn't really respond to all the great TLC and then they'll, you know. Well, we did, we did have a horse name. Um, what was his name? Oh, was it Seattle Smoke you're talking? Yeah, Smokey. Seattle Smoke. He, he was probably one of the meanest horses we've ever had. And I think he even bit one of the racing club guys in the yeah. stomach one time. And we would say that orange cone is there because <laughs> right. just don't, yeah, stay don't, clear. Yeah, he was a biter for some reason. I don't know what ever made him like that. But he, you know, he, he was he was a, a biter. You had to be real careful around him. And we've had a few of those. Um I don't, I don't know what affects some horses' personalities. I mean, there's just, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, some horse, I, I, I can't even tell well, you. When you bring a horse like Seattle Smoke to the paddock to saddle him. Oh, he's was, fine. He was a professional. So yeah. it was more being protective in his stall? I think he was or? very, yeah, I think he was very territorial. Okay. Yeah. And he just didn't like you approaching his area. And, you know, the, that's the one thing with the racing club guys is, you know, we'd love to have him come in the barn and, you know, pet everybody, but we had to, you know, warn him every now and then, you know, don't, this one, maybe not quite as nice. And, you know, if they brought kids and stuff, you had, you know, you have to teach them how to be your careful around large animals because they haven't been around and them. And to not just go walking around corners. Or yeah. Something. And, you know, there's always horses walking in the shed row and, you know, so we tried to teach them basic uh, rules of the barn so that they would stay safe when they're in the barn area. And, you know, I mean, they're real horses. They're not that much different than your neighbor's dog. You wouldn't go and put your hand in your neighbor's dog's feed dish, you know. So there are just certain common sense things that, you know, horses are, you know, they're, they're, that little stall is where they live 23 hours a day. And some of them are more protective of it than others. And, um, you know, but they... They did spoil the horses a lot, all those people. We still have so many people from the, the club that'll drop by with a bag of carrots hmm. or peppermints. And so the horses the horses loved it. So I, I certainly hope that gets resurrected again. Here it is next Good. year, yeah. yeah. And Sophia McKee, who founded the club in 2014, made the choice of Sharon back then. And uh, what a great choice it was. I've, well, it's, I've, Actually, she's going to adopt uh, Bishops of Compton. Is oh, she really? Yeah, yeah. She's going to take Snoopy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Snoopy. Yeah, that's her nickname, Snoopy. So, yeah, no. So, Sophia, we still keep in touch with her. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a great idea. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was, and it's, uh, you know, it's it's developed quite a few owners here. I think so. so. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I know Sharon's got a couple good friends out of it, too. Yeah, for sure. They'll Ooh. be lifetime, lifetime friends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing, you know, Sharon is a stray cat or an injured cat or, or a, a bird. bird that has a bad <laughs> wing. Um, you know, she has just been and and helping the family of geese or ducks uh, get to where they need to go without yeah. getting them out of harm's way. I helped you out on that a couple of <laughs> times, but <laughs> uh, she would not let anything stop her from, uh, you know, Helping out an animal that. that oh, I that... remember. I even got Larry in on this one. There was a little family of coyotes that couple, I don't know how oh. many years ago, and we saw the pups. Uh, they were right on the side of the road going up towards 15th, and uh, Larry stayed 
back there to kind of watch him. We were afraid he was going to go across the street at the, you know, by the light or something there. And I got in the car and ran down and Sally gave me some hamburger and, and Larry had a pair of gloves and we were able to pick up the one pup and get him in a box and call one of the, the little rescue places for him. Yeah. They were starving the poor little things. I never found more than one, but I only found the one. The mother had gotten killed or something. I bet she had gotten run over or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still that's just another him. example of what Joe's one. talking about, yeah. and and that's why when you know we hear people say that people don't care who are in horse racing, I would put people like Sharon Ross out in front of them and say, "You tell me this person doesn't care about yeah, animals." Exactly. I mean, I take it personally when I hear something oh, like that. I have Gosh. a pigeon in the back of my car that I'm still feeding because he doesn't want to get weaned, and he's already learned how to fly, but he doesn't want to leave the nest. Is that right? Oh yeah, he fell out of the nest and. Kay Cooper's barn and my shoer brought him over and he's been here for about a month now. Is that right? <laughs> well, people know now if, if they got a stray no, animal no, no, back no. there, take it to Sharon's and barn. And you know what? It's not just her own horses too. I've seen her, you know, keep an eye on other horses. In fact, there was a really good mare back in the late 90s. I won't say the name or the trainer or anything, but uh, you noticed that after this horse raced, uh, you know, she would get what they called the thumps oh, and yeah, you yeah. you told that trainer that horse you know needs to do this or this because that horse is in distress that's a serious affliction at this point after stress of a race and, right and yeah. i think you kind of helped that because it was more than once that that horse got the thumps i think yeah i, I don't i i sort of remember that and uh i mean it's it's I remember you telling me that story yeah. that next week because you had a horse in the race and right. you were at the and, receiving and, barn. Yeah, and... you can sort of see it as they're as they're coming off the racetrack. They when they start thumping, it's fairly noticeable and it's generally an electrolyte imbalance kind of a deal. So mm. a little banamine and some electrolyte paste usually kind of mm. helps them through it. And uh, I haven't had one do that in a long time, long long time. That's good. But it was it's it's something that you know you got to kind of keep an eye on. Well, you went over the stats, Vince, and, you know, two Long Acres miles, winning at both Long Acres and Emerald Downs and Stryker PhD. Uh, he was voted the best horse in our first 25 years, which wasn't a big yeah, surprise cool. either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was cool. And There's I, been a lot of good ones. And, you know, he oh, had yeah. that retirement thing here at Emerald Downs in the winter circle. And uh, Matt Dinnerman, I remember he was reading the copy and... Uh, and part of the copy was and Stryker PhD in his wins at Emerald Downs passed 126 horse. And Sharon right. heard that and she goes, Oh, that's cool. You know, because uh, right. he, he passed so many horses. Well, uh, oh, and my that's gosh. true. And a lot of times, good horses don't tend to be the big closers like that. Of course that. not. And, you know, so that a lot of great horses are going to go their whole career passing maybe 10 horses or something. So he did it the hard way because when you have to come from behind, you're, you got you, to you gotta worry about traffic. You got to worry about pace. You got to worry about all these other factors that that horse can't control. And it uh, takes a great horse to overcome all that. And, and Joe and I said it many times, though, it was when it got to Stryker PhD, the pace and all that, losing ground, it was irrelevant. He was going to win. <laughs> with his turn of foot and able to do that over three-eighths mile move with just uh, was too much for so many he horses. He tricked me a couple right. times. I said, I don't think he's going to do it today. And then within a furlong, no, he's yeah. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was fun. He, oh. He's he, And I think his favorite thing about the retirement day was he got to have peppermints in the paddock. All right. That was really cool. <laughs> oh, <boy>. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was a... That Everybody was, was handing him to oh, him over man. the fence as he was parading around in there. And he ate. Yeah, uh, that was great. <laughs> probably, I don't know, maybe 50,000 peppermints so far oh, in his God. life. Oh, God. Who knows? Lots but, of carrots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Sharon, a Hall of Fame career and just a tremendous addition to Washington Racing, you and Larry, and you guys have reaped some nice benefits by the hard work and the expertise and the care. And so uh, I'm certainly going to miss you next year, but uh, hope hope we see you out here. And you've got a couple weeks to go. You got a few horses to start yet? Yeah, I got okay. a, a couple, couple in Saturday and hoping to get a couple more in on closing weekend. So see what happens but yeah it's been fun and with the i mean the only only way we've ever been able to do this is because we've had good clients who gave us good horses we had good help and a lot of good friends yeah awesome. but i will say success begets success it works both ways you gotta you gotta produce too 
you know, to get those clients. So well, George used to call Larry up once a month and go over the stats. And he, he, he said, you know, this horse, uh, they got to make at least a thousand to start. You know, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And Larry, go, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Sharon, great to have you as part of Washington Racing. It's oh, been a pleasure knowing you. Thank you, guys. Thank All you. Right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Sharon Ross joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, and thanks so much for Sharon Ross coming into the studio, and uh, what a career, Vince. Uh, one thing we didn't touch on was uh, the placement of horses after a racing career has ended. Uh, she has worked on that so diligently through the years for her horses, any horses. She's just part of a great network to rehome retired racehorses and uh, she again she just gets yeah her care is just she knows the network and if someone is interested in buying or taking a horse that isn't good enough for sharon she needs to know a little something about the person and exactly what the plans are for the horse and she often says you know the horse might only be at the racetrack for three or four years but a lot of people have good intentions taking a horse, but that can be a 20 year commitment. So you got to have the time and the money and the space and all these things and the proper care and all that. And as you say, Joe, Sharon's got an outstanding network there of people she has developed. And you can rest assured when a horse leaves her barn into retirement, it's got a good place. Uh, most definitely. Wow. The, <laughs> just a really great person on this earth, Sharon Ross. Uh, caring for her fellow man and her fellow animal living things. Uh, we're going to miss her. Um, how about a little back and forth action? Uh, just some factoids and things like that we do usually on this podcast. You got anything to start off with? Well, you mentioned the uh, Moonlight Meeting, and I got that. Or Crowning, the crowning meeting. meeting, I'm sorry, has the highest buyer in the history of Emerald Downs. It is a 116. 116, okay. And it was on September, September 10th, 2000, a $20,000 allowance race in the slop. One uh, by 10. Crowning meeting by general meeting out of fitted crown. One by 10 under Gary Bays and 134 and 4 on mm -hmm. a sloppy track. 116 uh, buyer defeating Inclinator uh, by 10 lengths. Okay, very good. And uh, let's see. Dr. Bruce S. ran this past weekend at Emerald Downs as a 12-year-old. Of course, that is the highest age you're allowed to compete here at Emerald Downs, so he will not be racing this year, but he tied a track record. Harbro had 80 lifetime starts from 2000 to 2008, and all 80 lifetime starts were at Emerald Downs. Well, that was Dr. Bruce S.'s 80th lifetime start, and they've all been at Emerald Downs. What... Uh, what a career. He's kind of a quirky horse. I wonder what uh, Sharon Ross would have done with him because uh, he has been an outstanding horse. He had his best year last year with wins at age 11. He had three wins at the meeting. He hasn't won yet this year, but he's been competitive. He had kind of a rough trip the other day. A he little did. Bit. He had he some was, traffic. Yeah, he was trouble all the way around the turn. And Sharon knows Dr. Bruce S. well. I happened to be standing next to her last year when he got one of his wins and she was cheering for him. So <laughs> that's great. Oh yeah. That yeah. doesn't surprise me. That's her kind of horse right there. Yeah. Um, do you know what Friday is, Joe? Uh, Friday is the 17th of September. That is correct. It's also the 39th anniversary of one of the most famous races in Washington history. Oh. Chinook Pass in the owner's handicap on Come. September 17th. 1982. And that North American record on dirt for five furlongs still stands. Yeah, it was at 55 and one. 55 and one. Jody Davidson aboard Chinook Pass for or Bud trainer Clockstad. Bud Clockstad, son of native born out of 
U-turn, or I believe it's U-turn was the name of the mare. That is or, correct. Well, no, by turn two was the broodmare. Well, U-turn is in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to look that up after we're done here. Boy. But yeah, and that was, uh, there were some fast horses, you know, in those five furlongs, but that was kind of uh, made to order for him going oh, five furlongs. Gosh. Jody Davidson up. Mark Kaufman called the race. Correct, yeah. And yeah. uh, I was, was, had he had one race out of the mile, or was that his first race after running runner-up in the mile? No, that, that was year? 82. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, he was runner-up in the mile um, in August, so that was probably his next. I don't know that for sure, but uh, he ran a gallant second to he, Pompey Court in the mile. He did, and who was, was a police inspector? He edged out for the place who there. Was just who was flying. closing like a rocket. Oh, boy. Another great horse. Yeah. Okay, that's a great anniversary date. Chinook Pass, 39 years ago. Um, let's see, Crest Drive, not to, well, I am going to single him out. He has been a pretty darn awesome sprinter around here. Uh, eight wins in sprints over the past three seasons, eight for 22. And, uh, you know, he won uh, in 2019, he won his final three starts at the meet, and he had some huge blowout wins. But, man, he's a fighter as well. He's 7 for 7 in the money at Emerald Downs this year with three wins, and he's got a shot for claimer of the meeting. He's actually in on Saturday. So I'm just singling him out as a, as a really consistent horse over the last three seasons. You bet. And we mentioned the jockey and trainer races. We also got one in the owner's race here. And going into our final four days, we got a tie atop the leaderboard. John Parker with 15 wins, and Greg and Chuck Conley and Terra Firma Farm also with 15 wins. Awesome. John Parker has been leading owner three times at least. I know he's tied twice. He tied with Muddy Waters once. He tied with Saratoga West once. He might have been leading owner four times. But anyway, he's in contention. We love John and, of course, uh, Chuck and Greg Conley, uh, just great supporters of the track, bring horses in. Um and they're active in claiming and in partnership with Joe Toy, Joe and and uh, Carrie Toy of the Terra Firma Farm. So there, Cobra Jet won the Washington Cup, his second stake win at the meeting. He has three wins and a second from four starts this year. The son of uh, Curlin to Mischief is number two in earnings at Emerald Downs with uh, 76,000 trailing only top executive, who is our only three-time stakes winner at the current meeting. Top executive is going to be a top contender for Horse of the Meat when we have that vote here in the next several days. Okay, uh, I got one other one here. Looking at the race schedule this weekend, interesting race in Albuquerque. The Downs at Albuquerque Handicap, uh, $200,000 race on Saturday. Let's see, 4.50 Mountain Time, what would that be, 2.50 our time, I think? Uh, no, I think it's just one hour. Okay, three, so it'll be about 3.50 p.m. I'll be watching this race. Uh, Restrained Vengeance, who's kind of a mm. coming out party, was in the uh, 2019 Long Acres Mile. He's turned into a kind of a useful shipper for Val Brinkerhoff going around the country. He is 2-1 to one in that race. And the five to two second choice is a horse called Zestful, who was nominated to the Long Acres Mile this year by Mark Glatt, but was claimed, ended up running at Del Mar on August 22nd, got a 98 buyer, but was claimed for 80000 by Peter Miller and is shipping right over to the Downs at Albuquerque uh, to run against Restrained Vengeance. So that'll be an interesting race at a mile and an eighth. Yeah, Restrained Vengeance, since that 2019 mile, has had just a tremendous run of wins, traveling, earnings. Uh, most recently, I think he was in the Charlestown Classic. Correct. He, was he fifth in there? He was, and, and he can do just about anything. Yeah. He runs on synthetic, he runs on turf, he fires on dirt. So he is kind of an old school racehorse and a personal favorite of mine. Yeah. Uh, we had the Emerald Downs Golf Tournament last Thursday, September 9th, over at Auburn. Uh, scramble it is and uh, it was a blowout win for the team of Frank Lucarelli, Michael Lucarelli, Frank's son, Dan Sargent and Dean Mazuka. They shot 15 under and they won by seven shots and there was a good turnout this year. Uh, the team I was on came in second. We actually won the thing last year because the Mazuka Lucarelli team didn't play so they gave us a shot. Uh, <laughs> 
So we can finish second at eight under. Not uh, bad. Our team included Chip Such of our mutual department, uh, myself, and uh, Reed Palmer was on our team as well. So uh, Reed's good at everything. Um, let's see. Michael Lucarelli, didn't he play baseball at the University of Portland, yeah, I believe? He did. And uh, I understand he's hit quite a drive the other day, too, at the well, tournament. Okay, you're right. Uh, I went out and picked up the marker for the long drive, and um, it was a 385-yard hole, and he hit it uh, about 353, wow. 25 yards short uh, of the green, or the middle of the green, actually. It was just, I play that course a lot, Auburn Municipal, and his ball was in a spot that just was mind-boggling. I played with Michael one time, and I... His club speed is fantastic, and the way he can carry the ball is just Do, incredible. Uh, baseball players make good golfers? Uh, the swings are a little different. Yeah, you know, um, it seems like in those uh, celebrity tournaments, there's tons of pro football quarterbacks playing in those things, and several basketball players. Uh, you know, baseball players, I don't know. Um, I'm sure that they're, they get out and play. I, I know... There's stories of Mariners playing golf and in between starts. Baseball pitchers, again, kind of like quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of pitchers that have been decent golfers. Mm. I can't name any right now, but anyway. So we had the Emerald Downs Golf Tournament, and uh, it's time to get into trivia. Our question last week, uh, Vince came up with that. Which was the closest jockey race in Emerald Downs history at the end of the meeting? And... Uh, We've had some good ones. You know, let's just tell it like it is. Most of them aren't good ones. They're blowouts. Like, yeah. Just complete blowouts. Uh, 30, 40, 50. I think Van Belvoir the first year won by 60. I remember Kevin Radke was ahead by 60 most of the meeting one year. and uh, But we've had a few close ones. Only maybe three since 2008. One really good one was 2000. Uh, uh, Miguel Perez and Galen Mitchell. Mitchell ended the season on just a terror, winning 100 granders and stakes races. And he set the record that year with 13 stakes wins, which mm -hmm. is still track record. Miguel Perez won five races opening day that year. And it came down to the last week, which was a five-day week, Thursday through Monday. And they were tied at 104 apiece. And Mitchell won six over the final two days. Miguel Perez won two. And so Galen Mitchell won the title that year, uh, 2000. Uh, let's see, I've got that here By somewhere. Four. Four, 20, 121 to 117, I think that was. And then uh, you mentioned 2008. 2008 was a really close race between Ricky Frazier and Seth Martinez. Kevin Radke led by six at the first part of September right. and hurt. He got injured. Yeah, yeah. he got uh, he got a, uh, a leg injury, I believe it was that year. And uh, he was ahead by six. So Ricky Frazier had the lead, but Seth Martinez closed really strongly in 2008. And, and he won uh, by five, was it? Yeah, he ended up 121 to 117. Four. Four. And uh, he won 10 over the last three days. Ricky Frazier won seven, but Seth Martinez uh, won that title in a really close battle. And then there was 2013, which was uh, five. Isaiah Enriquez, Isaiah. Juan Gutierrez, 101 to 96. Yeah, okay. So uh, Isaiah's trailed 95 to 96 entering the final week, but Juan Gutierrez did not ride the last two weeks, two three-day weeks. He had a concussion on Sunday the 15th and missed the final two weeks. Isaiah Enriquez won the title 101-96. Yeah. So the answer is the Seth Martinez over Ricky Frazier by, by four. four. Anyone get it? In 2008. No, we had a guess of 2013 from Russ, who is our our number one trivia guy of all time, a little ahead of CJ and, and Michael Tarlow and a couple of the other guys. But... Uh, so the answer is, and all that verbiage that I just emitted was the 2008. Four. Yeah, four. Uh, Seth Martinez over Ricky Fraser in 08. So let's do a question for this week. Cobra Jet's doing really, really good. Uh, Emerald Downs opened, of course, 1996. 
three times a two-year-old has been the leading earner of the meat or uh, no three times since uh, including 1996 a two-year-old has been the leading washington earner for the year three times over uh, those 25 years only one time is it an emerald downs two-year-old can name that two-year-old who was washington's leading earner for the year and of course was the meat earner leading earner as well so is that too convoluted you get that did you follow i know i figured it out yeah I yeah. know what you're saying. Three times a two-year-old has led all Washington breads for the year, but only one time has that two-year-old uh, raced at Emerald Downs. And give us the answer to that. Send your answers at trivia at emeralddowns.com. We'll do it again next week. Uh, thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. Joe Withy and Vince Brune. Until next time, see you at the track. <laughs>